everybody. Welcome to the Cultivated Being podcast. Um, this is a podcast that's really basically about my brother and I, Jake, who's a doctor, myself, who's a doctor on opposite sides of the country. We talk about brother stuff and doctor stuff and sometimes both. And we have a special guest with us today. So maybe we can introduce our special guest. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Thanks for introducing me, Nick. My name is Jake. I'm Nick's bro. And we do have a special guest. This is unprecedented. We normally, we have a hard, fast rule, no guests, right, Nick? We yeah, definitely. But we broke our exception. <laughs> we just decided, let's, let's give her a shot. Uh, I'd like to introduce my good friend and in many ways, colleague of sorts, Sarah Claire Smith. Say hello, Sarah Claire. Hello. So <laughs> you're going rogue. I appreciate you going rogue no. for me. Thank you guys. Happy mm. to be here. The podcast yeah. rules are made to be broken. <laughs> yeah. We'll set new run new ones later today and then we'll purposely break them next week. Yes. Okay. That's we'll... just, that's how we roll. <laughs> We're rebels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Clearly. So let's talk about Sarah Claire really quick. Sarah Claire is a uh, really important person to me in the community of West Palm Beach. It's West Palm Beach, for those of you listening from elsewhere, is a town that kind of you might think is kind of big, but it, it really isn't. Uh, it is kind of towny, and uh, the community that's being built here seems really pivotal on, on a few people. And in my estimation, Sarah Claire is a big player in that. She is, uh, she just finished her uh, counseling, master's of counseling degree at Palm Beach Atlantic. Uh, I met Sarah Claire because she happened to stumble into my office about a year and a half ago, uh, which is some simple kind of her back kind of hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's that basically, hurt a lot. yeah. Okay. It hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh, background in dancing, um, you know, performance theater, mm -hmm. things like that. And you were in a <clears throat> performance at the time yeah, was. doing a bunch of like mm -hmm. can, can kicks mm. or whatever. Right. Yes. <laughs> I remember this story. All right. Painful. Doing a lot of kicks. Couldn't, couldn't kick. Can I share about what you, what, how you enlightened me in that? Okay, okay. Let me tell you about my first session with Jake. All right. oh, so good. I was, I know, here we go. We're jumping in. So I was in a play. So I was doing a musical called me and my girl. And I was in the ensemble and I was dancing a lot. And I have, I'd been in uh, my career before counseling was in the performing arts. I was in uh, a Broadway national tour of Beauty and the Beast. I was, um, did regional theater, did theater since I was a kid. Wow. But I had always had this back problem, right? My back would just go out and would spaz and then I'd be out for days. And that's not good when your job is to be a dancer. So I kind of came in with this fear. I was not necessarily, I don't even think my back was out necessarily when I came to see Jake at Sozo, but I was afraid that it was going to go out and then I was not going to be able to do what I needed to do. And so Jake, instead of kind of, you know, doing the, the normal maybe doctor thing that, you know, do this stretch or do this thing, he addressed like the subconscious fear or the unconscious fear that I had of my back you know, going out. Um, and then, and that was so helpful. Cause then I was like, Oh, the, f even just the pre fear, that's uh, not even actually happening. Like it could happen. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, through 
um, the sessions, just able to calm my mind and, and be confident in my body, um, you know, protecting myself from my own fear. It's powerful. That's really, really, that's that's really amazing. So, I mean, and and I like to think about that. I'm going to think about that for a while, but, um, Mm -hmm. that what was really ultimately worse for you as a dancer, this, I mean, the back pain was really bad, but it was also Mm -hmm. significant that you had this fear in the background of your mind going every time that Mm -hmm. you were practicing, rehearsing, about to perform. Mm -hmm. That's kind of amazing. I don't think we've talked much about that just as well being a symptom of Mm -hmm. pain or anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, So thanks for sharing that. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. So I just brought Sarah Claire in to give a little testimony for me, but (laughs) you may leave. You can go. Thanks guys. Um, Well, so what happened was this, I also (laughs) was um, working with uh, another guy in the community who's actually a pastor named Keith case. Quick shout out to him. And I told him, I was like, I think someone from your church uh, just came in. Uh, I wasn't involved in the church or anything. I just was like, this guy's doing cool stuff and seems to want to be do the same stuff in the community that I'm trying to do. So we, we, we've connected when we were talking and um, I told him, Sarah Claire Smith came in and he's like, Oh man, you've activated the hype machine. I'm like, what? And he's like, Sarah Claire is a good person to have. Oh my God. And like Sarah Claire so proceeded real. to like, like refer 20 people mm-hmm. and like instantly to the clinic. So the hype machine was in full gear. And actually that really helped because right after I started seeing you is when we got this location mm-hmm. and it really helped kind of spark some interest early on when we were like rebranding and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, Sarah Claire's here, not just to talk about me though. Yeah. I'm pretty okay. enthusiastic about most things. So. When she's nice. excited when about When I'm excited, it. people know. Good. Yeah. That's fantastic. But anyways. Yeah. So Sarah Claire actually is going to start um, working part-time out of here doing life coaching. So oh, this is a quick sweet. plug for that for mm-hmm. any like West Palm people in the area that are listening to this. Uh, yeah, do some life coaching with Sarah will Claire. You, will you also do any like remote life coaching as well? I do, yeah. I do a okay. little Skype there you go. Cool. Not West Palm people. A- yeah, anyone anywhere. anywhere. All right. Uh, sweet. Good to know. And, and what are you up to right now? If you could tell us some of the things that you are not only, you know, professionally pursuing, but, you know, even just Mm -hmm. kind of personal development that you're doing, Mm. what are some of the things you're into? Mm, And where can people find you right now? It's kind of important. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll jump off. Um, I'm currently finishing out an internship for my schooling. Um, at a substance abuse addiction treatment center. So I work with adults that are in treatment for a substance abuse addiction. So that's a huge thing down here in South Florida. Um, <clears throat> so I've been doing, I've been working in the substance abuse field for two and a half years now. Um, and I do individual therapy. I run substance abuse groups oh, wow. um, and just overall. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a huge issue. And it's a really stigmatized, I think, struggle, but really underneath the addiction is just pain and finding ways to cope with it. Um, but, you know, with the opioid epidemic, that's like a huge thing that's going on right now. I'm, so I'm seeing it firsthand. I'm sitting with people daily that are um, fighting it 
and fighting mm-hmm. for their lives. Um, and I also, so that's what I do part-time. And the other part-time I work for um, our church called Providencia, which is a, a church faith community here in West Palm. And um, I'm on part-time staff there. And my role mm-hmm. there is kind of called soul care. So soul oh, care. I already love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. So yeah. it's kind of like, um, even within faith communities, there's a lot of morality thrown around, a lot of, um, you know, do this and you will be holy or, do, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But soul care is more of like, what's really going on? What's underneath? What's, how do we connect your story to the grace of God? How do we connect? Um, how do we uncover some of the pain points and create space for you to be known and held and cared for in that? Um, and the spirituality of all, you know, we're spiritual beings. Um, so uh, cultivating a culture of connection there within okay. the church, but also within the city of West Palm. Um, so not just solely at church. Great. Well, you've got some really big jobs there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then far, life coaching on the side and yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So a lot of what Soul Care has been doing so far in the city, which is another way we've connected is of uh, through just hosting free education in the community for adults to come like learn about whatever the topic is at the time and also to actually participate in some kind of community setting, meaning like people coming together mm-hmm. after their work day, you know, after what they did all day and sharing a space and really talking about really important things. So the classes, like talk about some of the classes that mm-hmm. you've hosted. Yeah. Well, Jake and Emily have hosted with Sozo. Um, it, we're calling it our soul care series. Oh, cool. So um, we had a class on anxiety just talking about how do we approach the topic of anxiety because it's something that so many people struggle with and maybe don't have a good grasp of where it comes from, how to, you know, handle it, how to hold space for that. Um, Rest. We talked about rest. We talked about trauma, like maybe how to be more of a trauma informed community. Um, Wow. Oh, uh, purpose. We had another like life coach, executive coach um, in the area that spoke about like, what is it to have like purpose in your life? You know, mm-hmm. so just taking a deeper dive. Uh, it's with an organization that our church started called University. So like, oh, cool. um, so it's nice. like a free university <laughs> for the city, um, taught by people in the city, just cultivating community and education in that way. Yeah, actually, that's a good. Um, I don't know how unique that is, mm-hmm. but I want to say in this community, because uh, Soul Care Series is part of like an outreach of universe city. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do all kinds of classes that I've been to, like from uh, just small business accounting finance stuff mm-hmm. wow. to uh, like a home brewing class mm-hmm. to uh, there's a class where you watch a documentary on like skateboarding in third world countries and how like it gets the kids involved in something more positive and like a discussion That's after cool. the documentary. Uh, really cool things. The important thing is it gives an opportunity for adults to keep learning about Mm -hmm. stuff that I think uh, that's really healthy. Mm -hmm. So most humans now, at least in in our society, spend a a good chunk of their lives up till 18 or 22 or whatever, being forced to learn stuff to kind of have to 
reach and grow and struggle with information and try and adapt to it. And then you go to work and then, then it just gets boring after that. And you kind of stop learning. Mm -hmm. You might learn about your job, like how to facilitate that, but you don't learn about a wide range of interesting things. And so this university movement is just about getting the talent, the, the collective creativeness of the community uh, in a place where it can be shared. So people that want to participate get to just show up to a thing they don't even have to pay for mm -hmm. and they get either to learn about something fascinating or they even can develop a skill or even something practical. Like I went to like a, a class on accounting for small business. That was complimentary. And how cool is that? And all you have to do is tap into the resources that exist in every community. Mm -hmm. People that have talent that, you know, are all willing to donate a night of their life to sharing that. Mm. And I think that's really cool. So anyone listening, uh, try and make that happen. That's a really good way to bring city. And I've also met really cool people in oh, our absolutely. city through things like this. Yeah. So uh, plug, I'm plugging that hard because mm -hmm. that's been really valuable. And I've got to teach several classes and uh, it's been a real joy to do that as mm -hmm. well. Well, good for you guys. That sounds really amazing. You make the rest of us jealous, know, jealous. across the country. I say that, mm -hmm. brother. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can start maybe initiate, initiating movements like that. Mm. I yeah, think they'll be, be okay with you stealing the name. All right. We're yeah. trademarking the name, so well, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I mean, you let's could. Let's see. Let's see. Before you trademark it, we'll have to. Yeah, no. I mean, I tried to do something... I just try to have talks here for a little bit, but Northern California, mm -hmm. it seems as though everyone's first question is like, well, what time is it? Because if it's any time <laughs> around traffic, then it's forget it. Oh man. So rough, but Sunday morning at like 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I was say, do you have down traffic times? Well, okay. now, now that it's, you know, holiday and summer, it's, I'm, I'm like two blocks away from a big boardwalk, my office. Mm -hmm. And so pretty soon here, all the streets are, around me are going to be gridlocked. I just push all my, all my clients coming in. I think like, okay, they're going to be in maybe five, 10 minutes later than they mm -hmm. think they're going to be in. So yeah, but you guys are used to that stuff. All right, so I got yeah. Sarah Claire in here because she really knows a lot about a topic that I think's so vital, not to, uh, as a clinician, like things that I'm up, coming up against, but just me as a human being too, also experiencing this in my life, mm. past and present. And that's really the topic of shame, which, because of the nature of what it is in and of itself, people don't talk about because mm -hmm. like shame by its very nature is something you want to keep in the dark. Right. So, uh, here we go. We're going to be vulnerable as a podcast and just talk about what we don't want to talk about, which is shame. So Sarah Claire. Mm -hmm. Well, just as we are speaking, I Googled what the definition, like the, you know, Webster def definition of shame and it says a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Okay. How, so, do, how, do you, how do you think that that either 
defines her or where do you feel like that definition falls short? Um, I think that's a little, that's not taking into account the like deep, deep emotional um, well that shame gets stuck in that then manifests in behaviors and patterns and coping that leave us disconnected. So when shame takes the wheel, we, yeah, we drive ourselves into like closets and corners and um, silence and then it just grows, you know? And so a lot of the the learning and education that I've had is through Brene Brown, who is, um, if you haven't read her or watched her TED Talks, she's a brilliant um, researcher and speaker and author and teacher. And she studied shame as her... um, I think I can't remember if she studied shame or vulnerability first, but I think she might have studied vulnerability and then found that the only, or maybe the opposite way, but the only way to uncover shame is through vulnerability, Mm. right? So the only way we get into those corners and those um, closets uh, where the shame is existing to let it out, to be free is to be vulnerable. Mm. Yeah. I remember, um, Brene Brown's book. She has a lot of books. I only read, um, Daring greatly. Mm-hmm. And I remember something that stood out to me was this idea of like shame can only exist <clears throat> in the dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the way to combat shame is just shedding light on it. Mm-hmm. And the tool for shedding a light is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So you read the definition. Do you have like your own definition you like to use if you're like talking to a client or mm-hmm. just thinking about it in your head? Um, well, shame has like voices and it, the voices say like you're not good enough or you don't say that because they'll think this of you or, you know, so there's like this vocal, um, this Mm. voice of shame that, you know, you can call them gremlins, you can call them whatever you want, but it's kind of that movement, sometimes uh, unconscious movement that pushes you to stay silent, you know, but with a feeling of like, you screwed up, you're not enough. uh, You shouldn't feel this way. There's a lot of shoulds maybe within shame. Um, I like to think of shame as just to go give some context for people who maybe haven't thought about it. I always kind of say guilt is that feeling of I did something wrong, Mm -hmm. but shame is that feeling of I am wrong. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I I, bad. I am bad. Yeah. I am something wrong. Yeah. So you identify with that thing as Mm -hmm. self. Right. Yeah. I am. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to the voice thing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So then, of course, by nature, if someone, this is what the voice in your head says, if people knew about this, they knew me like this, I wouldn't be accepted. Mm-hmm. I'd be kicked out of the tribe. I'd be left on my own. And, um, mm-hmm. well, historically, I always like looking at, like, where humans came from to explain, like, how quirky and weird we are today. <laughs> That idea of like being kicked out of the tribe, the community meant death, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Humans evolved to uh, be tribal, to be communal, to live in communities because on a human in nature, we're not the strongest and we're not the fastest. We don't have sharp teeth or claws. Like we're dead in the wild, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that fear of being alone, being kicked out, it's very connected to our survival instincts. Mm-hmm. So shame is tied to that. So you think, man, if these people knew, if they only knew how horrible I was, mm-hmm. um, I'd be done. They'd kick me out. I wouldn't be accepted. I wouldn't be loved. So it's very powerful. It, it really subconsciously drives us. And it's at the root of a lot of 
things that I think I come up against clinically. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and well, our and, different versions of clinicians even. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the culture that we're in right now too, with social media only hot <laughs> being the highlights of our life, right? Like mm-hmm. you only share the really best stuff or just, you know, like pictures of sunsets and food or whatever, but like, you don't, you either only share the best things about you or like, I don't know, some entertaining yeah. stuff, but you okay. never share. Actually, I do want to talk about this because mm-hmm. there is a trend towards like social media vulnerability. I'm using mm-hmm. air quotations because mm-hmm. people post like the, oh, woe is me type of thing to, I mean, and I'm not exactly sure why we're seeing this. Is this like a practice in vulnerability or is this a practice in like attention grabbing? What do you think? I don't know. I've thought about this lately too. I think there's like a swing from, so we're trying, we're like, we were on one extreme of everyone only posting what is beautiful and lovely and, you know, romantic and Mm. you got a haircut and you post it and you look great. But so now I think there's part of us that are longing for authenticity and we're longing for the truth Mm. of what's really going on in people's lives behind the curtain. So there's a swing towards, okay, well, how do I let people know that? Um, Okay. Well, maybe I'll post something, you know, that's a little more vulnerable or a little messier. Um, And then there's also praise for that, I think, but it, it depends on what the motivation is. If the motivation is truly to just tell the truth, there's, you know, that's important. But then if the motive, you know, if the motivation is like, oh, I'm trying to be different or, oh, I, I don't know. Or the motivation is look how vulnerable yeah, I am. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's tricky, but I literally have thought about that yeah. this, this week even. Yeah. That's like, interesting. What's the appropriate amount of vulnerability on social media. Don't know. Yeah. And, and of course we could just go down the social media, you know, mm-hmm. rabbit hole of talking about that. But what I, what I would really like to focus in on is, okay, mm-hmm. what's healthy right? Mm. Like what would be the healthy outlet of vulnerability? Yes. Let me tell you. Yes. No, I don't know the answer, but I would say, okay. So, uh, the healthy outlet of how are you vulnerable to a point where it is beneficial for you and your life and your loved ones, find a community and learn how to like share how you, you really feel, you know, learn to risk there. There's always a risk with like telling the truth right? Because you don't know how someone's going to respond. You don't know how you're going to be received. But within, you know, our community, we're definitely talking a lot about um, how you share to be known. um, And like, then how you receive people who are, who are taking the risk to share. So I think there's a real importance in like, choosing wisely who you share with and how you share to, to be known underneath it all. Can you expand on that? Because I like that that phrase, it's a good way to think about it. And I think it's very important to being a healthy human, but that phrase to be known, mm-hmm. can you expand on like what that kind of means, what that experience actually is? Of being known? Being known. Oof. I mean, being known is probably not always cute. I can definitely say that because we're not, you know, we're not all, we're not perfect. And I think that's the, even going back to the definition of shame, uh, that you like did something foolish or something. So the expectation of humanity is not that we achieve perfection, right? We're, that's not, if that's our goal, you know, I don't, I don't know that we're always going to be disappointed because we're not always going to function at our highest. So if there's shame for any sort of like missing the mark, you know, that's going to send us into tailspin, send us into hiding. Um, 
But if we're sharing to be known, you're going to be known in the beauty of you and you're going to be known in, in some of the shadows of you. And so risking to be known even in the places where that are not cute and not pretty, but then being with people who still show up and say, but I love you and I see you. And now mm-hmm. I get to know you and understand maybe where some of your, you know, personality comes from or some of your behaviors, you know? So it is a risk to be known, but I also think it's the most like worthwhile pursuit because there's nothing better than feeling known and understood and seen, you know? In light, in light of what we just talked about, like looking back at kind of where we came from as humans, being known allows you to finally feel safe. Because mm. if you're living in a space of, if I'm found out, I'm <gasps> yeah, done, the stress of that. you can never rest. Mm-hmm. It's your mm-hmm. secret. If your secret gets out, mm-hmm. you're toast. Mm-hmm. So how are you supposed to be peaceful? Right. Wow. You're always kind of guarding. But mm-hmm. if you venture out, let someone know you, and mm-hmm. you're still accepted, mm. then it makes sense you can actually like exhale and say, yeah. okay, I don't have to, I, I'm not worried about being kicked out mm-hmm. i'm worried about being excommunicated i'm mm. i'm yeah. these people know me now and i'm still accepted and okay. from that place we flourish like from there that place of being known and being accepted and being seen we're able to rest in who we truly are and then allow the world to experience that which is what we should like what's the goal for all of us you know to be a cultivated yeah. being mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah oh nice <laughs> oh. Um, Yes. So we'll pay you money for that later. But uh, I mean, it it is biblical too. like the truth Mm. will set you free. Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what I mean, that that honesty, the vulnerability is really about like freedom ministry. That's that's basically what that is. Yeah. And bringing, can I go one place real quick? And bringing like the, the garden of Eden narrative into it is that like, Adam and Eve were hoping to be more than they were, you know, oh, you'll have more knowledge. Oh, you'll, you'll be superhuman, you know, you'll be like God. So then they like reached to be that and that didn't work out. Right. And then instead of God being like, what have you done? Shame, shame, shame. He's like, where are you? You know, I can't, I came to commune with you so that you could be human so that there could be grace with, you know, and that kind of extends through the whole biblical narrative, but, um, sure does. But like, where are you? Like the shame, you don't have to be in shame. You don't have to hide. You also don't have to be God because God is God. Mm. So you get to be human with grace and with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be God. Yeah. That's really. (laughs) Where do you want to go with it? I have a, yeah, I want want to follow up with this. So Mm -hmm. I happen to know by reading your bio slash knowing you in real life, you help organize and orchestrate in the city what's called a story group, huh. right? Can you um, let people know what mm. that looks like, what that is, and why why you're doing that? Mm. Okay, I can. So, story group is a you know a lot of different community community organizations have like groups, churches have like community groups or whatever. So it's a space weekly that people gather to um, practice vulnerability, to practice listening. Um, so, you know, how big of a group and is this kind mm-hmm. of like, uh, a, a meeting type mm-hmm. of gathering yeah. of vulnerability or what, what's it, what's there, it actually like? Maybe there are some, you know, similarities between a, 
a recovery type setting, but um, not necessarily, but they, there's probably around 10 people max, maybe 10, 12. Um, it can vary, but you come in and you are asked, where are you and how are you? And the, the, the like, Oh, I'm good. My week was good. Everything's great. You know, like that, um, we want more. That more is yeah, that doesn't fly in story Sorry, group. Um, more is uh, not expected, but you are invited to share more. You are invited to dive deeper into like your true emotions, what's really going on, stories in your life that have been silent because you didn't have a space to share them and people to truly listen. So two things happen. The person that gets so every week one person shares a significant story in their life. They write it down. Um, and the space is cultivated with safety and confidentiality. And um, what's the first rule of story group? The first rule of story group is no fixing. So, like, you're walking into a group of people that are invited to listen to you and empathize with you and not fix you. Hmm. So, that's new for a lot of us because I think we either, you know, sometimes there are parental relationships or friend relationships or church relationships that were like, you hear a problem, you fix it. But in story group, there's a, there's a being with aspect mm. um that actually is sometimes more healing than a let's fix this let's give advice so someone shares um and then the group just gets to respond they just get to hold space for that person and whatever story and then they get to say like wow when you when you shared this i felt this or you are so brave or that must have been really painful you know like there are responses that are um, empathic responses that allow, I think one of the most beautiful things is that some people, it take, they take a risk to, t to tell a story that maybe there's shame in that story. Maybe there's, you know, missing the mark in that story. Maybe there's like abuse in that story um, mm. that they're risking to say, I want to be known and I want to be heard. And then having a group of people who have committed to be, to showing up and, um, and listening. And then, and it, what happens is it like creates a deeper level of community because you can be friends with people for years and never really hear those stories that exist, you know, but once you get a space to, to share them, like deep, it's a deep dive into friendship and community, I think, and can be very healing, even this therapeutically and story groups were birthed out of the idea of a, that a, a, a therapist, like a clinician had, um, <clears throat> to how to like see God's grace in your story too. You know, how do we see that theme? Um, so we've just modified it for our community and it's been really powerful. Mm. My turn for testimonial. Mm -hmm. So I was first invited to go to or be part of one of these groups. And I was like, respectfully, I have seven nights in the week and only seven nights in the week. And I just don't think this is a value to me to forfeit one of those nights type of a thing. Uh, so that was my attitude. And I missed out like on a whole, they do, you guys go like semester by mm -hmm. semester, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I missed out. And then I just, in the community, was involved more and more with these people. And then I thought, well, we'll give it a go this time. And not really expecting the power of being in a room of people that want to hear from you. You can safely just talk about, hey, this week was kind of hard. Or I'm confused right now. I'm a little lost in this area. And people just being like, I get that. Mm -hmm. which is really powerful. Mm -hmm. And essentially it's powerful is to hear um, in my head, I heard you're not alone mm -hmm. and you're not crazy. 
Mm -hmm. And actually that's great that you even feel that in some mm -hmm. capacity. Mm -hmm. And then took me a little while to want to like be the person who shares like a deeper story from my past. And then when I did, uh, I actually learned a lot. So I learned a lot by diving into that moment and like really trying to create a narrative because you have to like type it out. So you can't just ramble for who knows how long to type it out. And then That's the smart. healing thing was really seeing the response. So seeing, you know, a room of like 10 men that I've like grown relationship with at this point to see how they respond. Um, because me, I, I'm learning emotionally not super connected in certain areas. Like I put up blockers and I have, uh, I have these defense mechanisms that, you know, becoming more aware of, but to see other guys with different backgrounds and different wounds and their own defense mechanisms respond emotionally to my story in a certain way. Like I was able to feel things I probably should have felt years ago when it happened, mm -hmm. but I wasn't able to because of my own mm. defenses. And so there's a lot of healing mm. in hearing someone share how they felt about your situation. Oh, wow. mm. And so I shared a story I thought I was kind of over. But in the writing of it, I realized not everything's healed here. And then in the receiving of it, like seeing people receive it, I realized, wow, there was a lot there still unresolved. Yeah. I didn't know. And it was really freeing to, mm. to uh, A, shed a little light on something where there might be shame, right? So that vulnerability, when you shed light on shame, like it can't exist is what mm -hmm. Brene Brown says. Like mm -hmm. it, it only operates in the dark. So if there's light, shame's gone. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then deepen that relationship. So now like I'm entrenched in community in a city that I was still relatively new in. And I have like this brotherhood people who actually know me mm -hmm. and accept me and still want me to be around despite whatever, you mm -hmm. know, whatever, whatever your, the story is. Mm -hmm. So that's my testimony for it. Super cool. Wow. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's really powerful. I, I'm sure we're going to get some questions or at least some listeners are going to be thinking, Oh man, I want to do something like this or I want to partake in something like this. And, and so I want to talk about that in a second maybe, but I, I do want to say, you know, it sounds it's really powerful because when we create, I think the problem is in our stories, right? We take too much liberty in writing our own narrative and majority of our narrative uh, becomes, it ends up being sabotage patterns, right? Mm. I'm crazy. I'm out of control. I'm alone. Those are all these narrative features that then all of a sudden limit us, cut us off. You know, we're creating this really limiting and sick environment that our narrative is living in mm -hmm. so just to have other people write the narrative for you right when they mm -hmm. react i felt this way mm -hmm. that's really that's really powerful because that's mm -hmm. you know they see the truth right these are oftentimes we can't see the truth in our own situation so having other people speak the truth to you and just how they feel about it mm -hmm. helps recreate this narrative that is free from these sabotage patterns that we're always you know Absolutely. It's so good. It's really powerful to hear that. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to start wrapping up here. I want to ask Sarah Claire a quick question. This is a challenging question. Oh. But here you okay. go. I'm giving you money, hypothetically, to put whatever you want on a billboard right in like the middle of town. Say uh -huh. anything you want. What do you think you would want people to see and hear? Oh, God. 
That's a great question. Yeah, that's a great question. Okay, you can, can I have multiple? Out loud. You okay, can I'm gonna out maybe, loud. so the first thing that came to mind because I wanted to say earlier, and it's in this this thing of shame, um, but I found this quote or I like modified this quote, whatever, and you may have heard it. Someone famous may have said it, but it says, "Whatever grows in the dark heals in the light." Right. Dang. So I'm really into that right now because I feel like exactly like you're saying, when things come to light, then you're allowed, it gives you the space to heal. But when it's in the dark, it, it can't. Hmm. So that, but I don't, that might be a little heady for a billboard. So then I might go, people might not get that one. Yeah, people, might not so then, right you know, I would also like to, I would, you know, that whole, like you are enough, you know, um, who you are is enough. And I think that we just doubt that so much and we've been told so much that that's not true, um, that we have to strive and we have to achieve to gain acceptance. So that might be a basic, (laughs) straightforward, like you are enough um, and there is grace for you, you know, Um, grace, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. That'll be a good one. (laughs) Steal that from the... Holy book. Say, I don't know. Original? That's not an original. No. <laughs> just do but, the just yeah. do the Michael Scott to be like Jesus dash <laughs> there Claire. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a great question though. I'll think more on that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Who you are is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not giving people a pass to like just quit on life. No. Okay. Because that's not mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Understanding you are enough frees you Mm -hmm. to then be a great spouse or to be a great student or be Mm -hmm. a great manager Mm -hmm. because a lot of us think in order to be enough we have to prove all this stuff Mm -hmm. and that invites a lot of dysfunction psychologically Mm -hmm. yeah well put i mean the whole enough thing brings up a lot of questions that i'm I'm, no we don't have time for but i want to ask all these questions about value you know, like what makes us valuable? Right. Where do we get our value? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I think shame, that's the lowest value, right? <laughs> shame is that you feel like you have no value. Exactly. So what is the value scale and, and how do we find healthy value? Mm-hmm. I would love to hear more about that. Do we have time for that? No, probably not. We don't, but you know what? More this podcast isn't going anywhere yet. They haven't they haven't canceled it. Our funders, whoever that they are, <laughs> we can keep going. Uh, but I want to thank Sarah Claire for your time. I hope mm. people at least got an intro into what I think is a very important topic to being a very happy, content, fulfilled, joyful, peaceful human being. Mm-hmm. So, and an alive human being. Yeah. I think there's yeah. a lot to say about like sometimes this work, like when you start to dig into the underneath and the the deep soul and like to cultivate your being. Mm. Um, you, <laughs> so you, much better uh, at dropping that than we are. I know. I know. Gosh, you um, should just take over this podcast, I think. No. Yeah. No, it's nothing without the brothers. Um, but I think that there is, there is like an aliveness. So alive doesn't mean like always happy, always good, but it means like that your heart is pumping like fully at all moments. So embracing the full like spectrum of life, um, and then knowing how healthfully to engage with life, you know, how to check your motivations and, you know, get your needs met in healthy ways instead of 
unhealthy ways. Great point. All right. Great point. Well, we're going to wrap this. Oh, well, thank you. Um, it just seems that way. Cause you're on it. We're just, mm-hmm. yeah. we're just reflecting the greatness that you are. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up for today. We're, you know, if, uh, anyone's really curious about the story, um, you know, the story, story time, group. Story, mm-hmm. group. story group, everyone calls it story time. It's story group. it just has a natural flow. I know. I know. Um, I know. I know. Story group. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to give them permission to like find you and reach out yeah, to you. I'll totally. Put, you can email put, me. We'll put some links on there and everything. Mm-hmm. Cause that's really powerful stuff. I think every community should have that. Oh yeah. Um, and is there any last thing you would like to say? And Claire, the oh, last, last giveaways. Mm. What do people need to know? Just be kind to each other and to yourselves. I don't know. Kind Great. to yourself. Mm-hmm. A lot of us can be nice to the person next to us, mm-hmm. but in our heads, be pretty awful to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So self-kindness, mm-hmm. self-compassion. Yep. Good reminder. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Claire, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. These are... I guess signing off until next week. All right. Anything else, Nick? No. Love you guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Love you you too, bro. All right. Bye.